Hello and welcome to the Driven by Diversity podcast. I'm Mariana. And I'm Steph. And every week we shine the spotlight on underrepresented groups in the world of racing. Our guests share their journey into the sport and also delve into what diversity and inclusion means to them. We hope that we can provide you with real role models who you can relate to and who represent you. And more than that, that you'll feel inspired and encouraged to know that you can make it in motorsport, no matter your background. So today we are bringing you something a little different to our usual. Back in June this year, we sat down with Director of Inclusion in Sport, Lyndon Roberts, to gain his insight and views on diversity in motorsport. A self-confessed huge Formula One fan, it was great to hear his thoughts given his extensive experience consulting on diversity, inclusion and well-being, with an impressive client list in the sports sector, including Premier League football teams. At time of recording, we'd just like to point out that this was prior to the outlining of F1's We Race as One initiative, as well as Mercedes' unveiling of their commitment to tackling racism with an all-black livery, and also prior to the Williams team buyout. Things sure do move fast in the motorsport world. For now, let's hear from Lyndon Roberts. Thank you for joining us today, Lyndon. As mentioned in the introduction, you are the Director of Inclusion in Sport. Could you start by telling us what your role entails and also what drove you to actually set up the organisation? Yeah, sure. So um, Inclusion Sport was founded in uh, 2017. And really, that was from me uh, working in in sport, focusing on diversity and inclusion, but really feeling like not enough was being done when I could be allowed a voice if, you know, if I wasn't constrained by, by other things. So I guess in my experience, a lot of the focus was on compliance, whereas actually I wanted to do more than that. But that wasn't always that wasn't always possible. So that was really that was really my motivation um, was really to, to guess to raise my aspirations, but also the aspirations of the people that I work with on a daily basis. And now I work with governing bodies, professional leagues, competitions, professional sports clubs and teams, specifically on diversity inclusion, but avoiding that sort of compliance element that, you know, looking at what laws do we need to adhere to actually let's set the bar a little bit higher than that and let's look at what what's the best thing that we can do you know within our remit what what's realistically possible for us to do that leaves me quite fortunate because that means I get to work with organizations that want to do the best they can from an inclusion point of view as opposed to the ones that maybe don't value it as much that's amazing it's a brilliant initiative that you have set up here and what does an inclusive sport actually look like to you I think an inclusive sport is one where we're, we're not seeing headlines where someone's the first to do something. In lots of sports uh, and across society, we're still seeing headlines whereby, well, not too long ago, that was Lewis Hamilton being the first black Formula One driver. But we're still seeing those headlines, whether it's the first woman to do something. And, and I think an inclusive sport is one where we, where we look past that. And actually, um, Ross Brawl mentioned a few weeks ago about F1 being a meritocracy. Well, actually, let's have it as a true meritocracy where we have, where we're confident that we have the best people for the job doing those jobs. Uh, and that we're confident that there aren't any barriers to our sport. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think for me, an inclusive sport is one that is accessible to everyone. It's representative and it has equal or equitable opportunities, no matter your background. 
and it's one that doesn't have any barriers so barriers to entry or that might influence your your lack of entry but I think a bit more than that looking beyond all of that it's an inclusive sport is about a sense of belonging I think so we all know why diversity in sport is important or diversity in society more generally is important otherwise we wouldn't be here discussing it today but Can you just talk to us about why diversity and why inclusion is so important to you in sport particularly? Well, I think building up on that, the the point I just mentioned about, you know, high performance sport, which includes Formula One and lots of other um, uh, lots of other championships across the world, in that if you want to be confident that that is the best that it can be, then there's absolutely no way that those people can all be the same. So let's use Formula One as an example. We without diversity, you have a grid which is what twenty white men because those are the people that didn't experience any barriers getting to the highest level in their sport. But actually, sport or Formula One in particular is a sport where men and women can compete on a level playing field, but don't. And we still talk about Lewis Hamilton being the only black driver in Formula One. So I think the reason it's important is because if the grid or the paddock or the factory is is not diverse, then it's not the best it can be because it tells you that some people aren't getting the opportunity and can't be by coincidence that all of those teams or all of those organisations that that make the spectacle of motorsport happen, most of them appear to be the the same. Um, So I think that's why it's important. Also, the, the richness that it brings to sporting events to have different ideas, different cultures, to be more successful, to include more countries. We're still going to the same countries that pretty much Formula One was going to 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. There's been some changes in the calendar to all world championships, but historically we're still revisiting the same countries. When you look at, for example, the the Formula One calendar, those first eight races, European races, well established, but actually why is Formula One not looking beyond that. So I think it's really important from that being that best in class, being truly confident that is the the best category of motorsport that it can be, but also just in terms of the the, uh, diversity of thought, diversity of opinion, making better businesses, getting more people involved in the sport. I think diversity is essential, but it's crucial to any business in, in 2020. Yeah, absolutely. As you've just said there, Lyndon, there are a lot of positives that can come out of diversity, not just in sport, but society more widely as well, because you've got the diversity of thought and diversity and opinion, and that allows for innovation and a different way of doing things as a result of varied life experiences, different cultures, religions, backgrounds, etc. So for me, you know, that's highly beneficial in a problem solving environment such as motorsport. So with with that in mind, why does motorsport still lack diversity, do you think? What sort of factors are at play here? You know, cost is often mentioned and therefore accessibility. Are there any others that you think are acting as barriers? I guess building what I said before, I think I think cost is used uh, unfairly. And particularly when we're talking, you know, a lot of the current uh, discussions around diversity in motorsport have been uh, centred around race and quite rightly so because of the Black Lives Matter movement. But I don't think that that cost is necessarily the biggest barrier and critically i suppose that that we don't know as 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 onlookers or as a fan of the sport i don't know but more critically than that i don't know whether the fia or formula one or each respective championship knows what the barriers are and you'll only find that out by actually talking to people 
throughout that throughout that uh, motorsport pathway in each respective uh, formula or championship that's the only way that it would be possible to know and yeah we can look at some data we can look at some figures and numbers and and see how little diversity there is but my uh, my hunch is that similar to lots of other big institutions in that there are lots of uh, systemic and structural barriers to people actually participating and succeeding in a sport irrespective of how talented they are what I suspect is happening is that there are lots of potentially unseen or covert or subtle barriers in the way that actually prevent people from progressing and reaching their potential so I think that is probably a bigger barrier than cost and I know that's been talked about about bringing in a low a low cost uh, more accessible grassroots version of motorsport for people to access but I also think that talking about cost in the same breath as as race is also not okay but we're assuming that people from the black community can't afford to take part in motorsport that's what that narrative suggests to me but I don't think that's the case I think that potentially people from the black community or women are taking part in motorsport but they reach too many barriers and actually find it too hard to progress and I don't know but I'd guess that the dropout rate from those groups in particular will be quite high. You touched on the systemic and structural barriers that might exist and maybe holding underrepresented groups back but what do you think can be done or what steps can be taken so that we can see a more diverse motorsport world? I think that's a really interesting question, and I think it's probably one that is that is mirrored probably quite closely by by lots of other sports, particularly those sports with high turnovers. So professional football, for example, uh, in England in particular, is one of those where actually what I would say is we need more diversity at senior level, and often that's often been talked around, particularly in the boardroom of uh, professional sports clubs. However, the ownership model of Formula One probably doesn't probably doesn't allow for that. At the moment so you know we look at some of the current discussions around Williams and who's going to buy that team and often it's a billionaire who you know I think three of the preferred bidders are billionaires with a son who has a super license so again is that the best is that the best 20 drivers in the world well how, how do we know because uh, we can't be confident in that but I think I think that that would be my normal answer would be well actually we need to start seeing more, more diversity at a senior level um, F1 itself could start to address that as a business, as the organisation that organises and promotes the sport, if the teams themselves aren't able to do that around the boardroom table. But actually, from a senior management point of view, again, there's no reason why Formula One can't look outside of its current circles to recruit people with, uh, I don't know, operational expertise, HR expertise that are, you know, the best in their field, but aren't traditionally your F1 employee, which in those senior management positions tends to be old white men and yeah that's the reality so i think without that diversity in decision making at a high level it's going to be very difficult to make the significant changes that motorsport needs to diversify so you mentioned there linden a diverse senior management team do you think then is that the first step that motorsport need to take in order to diversify the sport do you think and is there a particular hierarchy to the steps that that the sport or the industry need to take in order to diversify the workforce, the paddock, the grid, etc., and everything that comes with it? I think that's the thing that the sport would have some control over. So grassroots participation is a very hard thing and will take a long time to, to change. So talking about implementing a grassroots, uh, I don't know, karting type program is great, 
But Formula One's not going to see the benefit of that for, what, 20, 30 years, maybe. So I don't necessarily think that that Formula One in particular is right to sort of hang its hat on that initiative as the go-to diversity programme of Formula One. And some of those reasons I've touched on um, earlier on. But I think the the staffing thing is something that, that Formula One can influence. So whether that's providing graduate schemes, internships, whether it's providing uh, mentor schemes. And again, those types of things are things I really like to know. Like how many people in senior management within Formula One, whether within the team or Formula One themselves, or even within the FIA, are mentoring someone? I'd love to know that because you've got these people who have lots of power and influence and knowledge about the sport of F1. How much is that being passed down and how much is that proactively being passed on to maybe people who are from underrepresented groups uh, within the sport at the moment. So things like that, that is within Formula One's gift to do right now. There's, there's no reason not to do that. And actually, in, within each team or within Formula One or the FIA itself, this is you know, just a basic, really, set of HR functions that someone could, could implement in a really short space of time. So I think that is the, where Formula One has the capacity to make a quicker impact than maybe focusing on grass, the grassroots participation of the sport. And I think there's, there's no excuses for that. And that would have a significant impact, whether you're looking at people who are working in media, communications, whether people working uh, in the pit lane, in engineering, people who are working back at the factory. That is really something that, that a business the size of Formula One and their respective teams could have a significant impact upon if they wanted to. Yeah, I think mentorships are a really brilliant idea. As you said, they're things that can be implemented in a relatively short space of time. So mentorships, scholarships, initiatives like that are a good way to start the ball rolling. Of course, grassroots programs are just as important, but they take a little longer to trickle down and it will be some years before we actually see the positive impact from them. So following on from that, who should actually be accountable for those sorts of initiatives you know who do we hold accountable and on top of that how do we hold those people accountable as outsiders and as fans how do we ensure that the words are backed up with tangible actions like the ones we've just mentioned well I think what Formula One has has done um, over the last couple of weeks is held themselves accountable because essentially what we've seen is We've seen Ross Braun come out and make uh, public statements around diversity in Formula One. Only um, a couple of days ago, Zach Brown was talking on Sky Sports about how important diversity is in F1. The current media campaign, or over the current season, is committing to diversifying Formula One as a business. So really, they've done that themselves in terms of that commitment. You know, that's public, that's on record. Where other sports have failed is, again, I use professional football as an example, that has talked about its commitment to diversity inclusion for 20, 30 years. But in terms of progress, there's been very little. A lot of the progress that football takes credit for is just a societal change. It's nothing that specifically football has done. So really, now there's a hashtag out there, there's a logo, great, that's brilliant. Formula One's committed to diversity inclusion, brilliant. So what are you doing? That's the next step, really. And if you go onto the Formula One website, you look at their diversity inclusion strategy. That's not it. That's not gonna. That's not gonna change Formula One. So what is Formula One doing? That's that's the key because the commitment apparently it's there, 
but we've seen this before in lots of other industries, particularly in the sports sector, where there's talking, but very little action. And sadly, the action might cost money. You know, that is a reality. You might have to put some time and resources, if you, but if you really mean it, if you really are committed to it, if it's not just for a media campaign or if it's not just for, uh, you know, a nice little soundbite, if it's not just for the reputation of Formula One to say you're committed to diversity and inclusion, if you really want to provide change, you could do something. And that is what Lewis Hamilton is doing. And I think that's incredibly ab- admirable. That's very true. And I think that that's a sentiment that exists not only in the motorsport world, but in wider society. There are a lot of companies speaking out and people are questioning how many of these words will be followed with actions, how many of these companies will be making real lasting changes and how many are just speaking out because they feel obliged to do so. But then in some instances, we're seeing quite negative responses to people and companies who are speaking out. Why do you think this is? Why do people have this air of uncomfortableness discussing a topic that's so important and it really shouldn't be a controversial topic at all? I think, you know, not to not to regurgitate too much stuff that's been floating around on, on social media for the last couple of weeks, but I, I think really that's around around white people who hold the power, who hold who construct the narrative around race or have done for a long, long time. And that's where the uncomfortableness comes from, is the and there are lots of lots of things that I've seen on social media over the last uh, last few weeks but really that uncomfortableness is I guess comes from a fear of giving someone else rights takes mine away which you know that's not how the world works but I think certainly there's an uncomfortableness in terms of you know the, the world has worked quite well if you say for example you're an older white man who historically in their family has had lots of money the chances are you're probably going to do all right in life and you know you might end up on the board of a sports organization or a professional team or something like that so when that system's worked really well for you it's hard to then be objective and go well is that okay is that is that all right or not so i think that sort of um that white fragility in terms of worrying about you know is someone taking away what i think is mine is the problem um and obviously you look across uh, the Formula One paddock, and that is predominantly white men that sit in those sit in those seats as team principals or uh, senior management in those teams. And the same applies to to Formula One itself. So I think that is why, and that's really where that commitment that we spoke about a second ago comes in. Is actually are those people committed to diversity? Are they willing to? give up a bit of power are they willing to share their knowledge and experience are they willing to resource it and i suppose only only time will tell in in formula one but what we know from the sport industry in the past is that 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 doesn't go any further than a tweet or a campaign or a hashtag or or whatever and as an f1 fan i'd be really disappointed if that didn't turn into real positive action to to address change Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as we've been discussing, there has been a lot of noise in recent weeks about diversity in the sport, but it's taken a while to have built up to that, given how long the sport has been around for, you know, for this topic to only now come to the forefront. Why do you think it's only come to now for diversity to start being discussed and taken seriously? Well, I guess from from a certain, uh, to a certain degree, the, the reason that it's taken till now is because like I said before, people have been quite comfortable. So if there's no one challenging that, and if, if everyone's sitting in a 
in a boardroom or a senior management team meeting or a pre-race meeting if everyone's the same well there's no problem there's no there's no difference there to talk about so why would anyone even talk about diversity being a problem because the chances are it hasn't really affected most most of the people who work in the industry you know it's interesting to see uh, on international women's engineering day that lots of lots of teams did stuff on social media on their websites put news stories out and stuff like that and then almost i felt quite skeptical quite cynical really um and which probably won't be a surprise after talking to me for about 20 minutes but i felt quite, quite cynical that then that came up as a topic on the sky sports vodcast and i was thinking well hang on a minute like this seems to be like very well orchestrated from a media point of view that all of a sudden that this is something that didn't really like it certainly wouldn't got mentioned on tv before this year but now it's it's almost forced to talk about this issue in the media in formula one and and i think some of that's not not through choice because of you know hopefully we're going to go through a period of significant societal change and that probably has forced formula one to do it but again how much of this action would have happened without someone like lewis hamilton speaking out and saying well i i, I can see your inactivity on this subject and again it's because most people aren't affected within the industry by the issues that are going on. So I think it has been not necessarily out of choice that, that Formula One is now acting, but it's about time. Like as a, as a worldwide business, if you look at businesses who have a comparable income and spend to Formula One, there is no business out there that is not doing diversity inclusion in the way that they should. You know, when you look at comparable sized businesses, we're talking about businesses with a turnover of hundreds of millions of pounds each year in terms of the teams themselves. Pull that together, you've got billions of pounds being spent. But what's the spend on diversity and inclusion? What's the spend on grassroots programs? What's the what's the spend on programs and initiatives as a percentage of that overall turnover? I don't know. I assume it's very little, but compare it to another sector and that wouldn't that just wouldn't happen because they see and understand and value the benefits uh, that that brings so i'm glad it has happened the motivation for that i'm not not entirely sure i suspect that it is it has been forced but as a, as a fan more than anything i'm pleased that it's happening at all as you just mentioned that a lot of the comms that's come out in recent days and the driver speaking out has come on the back of lewis calling them out for their inactivity what do you think about how Lewis is using his voice and the impact that this will have in a lasting way? Do you think that this will have a lasting impact or do you think that there is a risk that the momentum could fizzle out? I mean, I hope not. I mean, I hope it doesn't. Um, I hope that momentum carries on. Uh, and I think we'll have Lewis Hamilton around Formula One in some capacity, you know, whether it's the next few years as a driver, but hopefully he'll continue in some capacity going forward. And I'm sure, I'm sure he will as given his on-track success. But I think in terms of how I feel about that, I've got mixed emotions about how, how this has come about, really. I feel, I feel incredibly, incredible admiration for Lewis Hamilton, as particularly as the only Black Formula One driver to actually do something. I feel like that's an incredible thing to do. Starting the Hamilton Commission, again, we'll, we'll see long-term benefits in terms of diversity in motorsport, I'm, I'm absolutely sure, using his own time, his own resource, his name, all of those things I have incredible admiration for. 
my sadness is that he's had to do it at all. I think obviously Lewis Hamilton will have a team of people around him looking after his well-being and and all of those sorts of things. But I feel like as an athlete, as someone who is employed by um, a huge multinational car manufacturer, as someone who is racing in the pinnacle of motorsport, it's taken one single person on his own to talk about this and to do something and commit to it and use his own resource to do it. That is quite sad on reflection, really. Actually, that leadership, if there was a real commitment there, like that should have come from Formula One or, you know, that should have come from Mercedes, but it's come from a from an individual and probably in you know in terms of conversations we're having right now in society and in terms of the um in terms of the lack of diversity in formula one you know that that must put lewis hamilton in quite an isolated position and i think that's quite sad but yeah incredibly incredible admiration for him for for doing that and actually to not sit by and have people experience what is he he potentially has experienced and to open the door where maybe others have had the the door closed on them i think is absolutely incredible and i think i've certainly got a newfound uh, respect for lewis hamilton for doing this i just wish that the sport had been had held itself to account a little bit more before it got to this point Mm, definitely I think this will probably end up being Lewis's legacy not only obviously being a multiple time world champion but he's found something that he's passionate about and diversity is something that he can really get behind and, and do more for the sport give back and change it for the better given all that we've discussed something to end on I guess would be what do you think the motorsport community can do as a collective to promote diversity in the sport so we've obviously touched on a lot on what senior management teams can do and drivers vocalising their opinion and taking action. But is there anything that fans, team personnel, people back at the factories, agencies or external partners across the board in motorsport who don't have decision-making roles or who perhaps don't think they can influence things in the way that they want to, what can they do collectively to help this cause and help further diversification within the industry? I suppose in the first instances, as as most sport fans, first and foremost, people can keep talking about this issue. You know, whether it's whether it's on social media, whether it you know whether it's uh, via things that teams are doing online. You know, like let's have a Q and A with some like a driver or a, a team boss. Well, actually, let's ask them what they're doing about diversity and inclusion. That is something that fans can keep doing, and I think. You know, the louder people's voices are, as we've seen with the whole uh, Black, Black Lives Matter campaign, that makes it, that makes a huge difference. And again, just last week, uh, we saw uh, Marcus Rashford, the Manchester United football player, put a couple of social media posts out about providing free school meals to children over the summer, uh, over the school summer holidays, and the government changed their mind. So I think talking about these things is crucial. We can't continue to not talk about diversity in motorsport because if, if we stop talking about it, it will return to how it was or is now. Actually, what people want is a fair, inclusive, representative sport, which is actually the best sport it can be. In terms of, uh, of motorsport itself, I think it has to be a collective approach. Okay, Formula One is it's the pinnacle of motorsport in, in most people's eyes. So really, I think 
Formula One can take a lead on this. It has the platform to be able to do that and really drive the diversity inclusion agenda in motorsport. But I feel there has to be a collective approach because if Formula One is doing it, well, okay, well, why not NASCAR? Why not the World Rally Championship? I think there has to be a collective approach and whether that comes from the FIA or whether it's something that the collective bodies do themselves. But also here in Britain, organisations like Motorsport UK can be proactively doing this. And some of the things that they could do which would make a significant difference would cost little or no money. So looking at, you know, training or upskilling uh, marshals, for example, uh, getting people, more people involved in media side of things, getting involved with uh, universities and colleges and having track days when often national circuits sit unused a good percentage of the time. So there are lots of things that can be done on a national level, but also on an international level. But there has to be collaboration. There has to be collaboration between uh, between the promoters the, and the governing bodies of motorsport. And I think really the first, the first thing that, that all of those bodies need to do is get a clear picture of how bad is it? I suppose. And we know it's bad. Just anecdotally, if you follow motorsport, you you know it's bad. We've talked about Lewis Hamilton for um, over a decade now as being the only black driver in Formula One. But how bad is the picture across factories, engineering, across senior management teams, and looking at the, the pyramid of motorsport? How bad is that picture? You know, how underrepresented are the black community in grassroots motorsport? And the reality is we probably don't know and there probably is no one that knows but anecdotally we we know it's it's not good because otherwise we wouldn't be having this conversation but really getting some evidence for that and then working out some sort of plan how are we going to start to address this yes it might cost money yes it might require some time and resource but going back to that accountability bit you've made yourselves accountable by putting statements out there putting hashtags out there okay so now is the time for action we've seen the hashtag we know about it what we then need to see is some some proof. Okay, you said you're committed, so what are you going to do about it? And I'm really looking forward to that, actually, because it, it could be, you know, there is a real gap here in the sports sector as a whole in terms of a, a huge organisation to really get a grip of diversity and inclusion and commit to it and do it well. You know, it's still not been done. So I think there's a huge gap there for Formula One to take a lead across the sector, not just in motorsport. And I'm really hoping that, you know, Formula One is is up to the challenge because as a fan, I want to see it. As someone who works in this field, I want to see it. And everything is sort of, the momentum is building quite nicely from that, you know, from my perspective in terms of what I want to see happen. But there are only a few people who have the power to make that decision. But it's an exciting time. It could be something really good. I'm really hopeful that Formula One and motorsport in general steps up can work in collaboration with each other, can steal some good ideas where, you know, if uh, one championship or one discipline of motorsport has done something good, well, okay, let's share it, let's steal it, let's see if it works over here. So there are so many opportunities here. And almost if you're starting from nothing, you know, nothing that you try could be worse than the current situation almost. So that is really quite exciting, quite positive. It was great to hear from someone so close to diversity and inclusion within the sports sector. As you could tell, Lyndon is genuinely passionate about advancing diversity 
by working with aspirational organisations who want to look further than just a box-ticking exercise. We hope you guys enjoyed our bonus episode and thanks to Lyndon for joining us. Find out more about his organisation, Inclusion in Sport, on inclusioninsport.co.uk. As always, keep up to date with Driven by Diversity on Instagram at We Are Driven by Diversity. Don't forget to rate and review on your podcast platform of choice and make sure you hit that subscribe button to get notified each time we drop a brand new episode. We'll be back on Tuesday with another great conversation, so keep an eye out. <laughs>